Hello, I'm Paula Jenkins, a transformative life coach and podcaster. Welcome to Jumpstart Your Joy, a podcast that talks about the stories of people following their hearts, finding work that lights them up, and looking at how joy plays a part in their journey. To learn more about this podcast or to find out more about me, just head on over to the website at jumpstartyourjoy.com. Hello and welcome to episode 31 of Jumpstart Your Joy. I'm excited for today's interview, which is with Chris Gillibo. Today, which is April 5th, 2016, is the launch day for his brand new book, Born for This. And first, a big welcome to listeners both new and old. I really love doing this show. And if you want to hear more about how to jumpstart your own joy, hit up the archives at jumpstartyourjoy.com. If you'd like to get your hands on the show notes for today's episode and check out past episodes, head over to the site at jumpstartyourjoy.com slash born for this, and the show notes will be right there for you. Plus, there's this great archive area on the site that lists out all the episodes by guest's last name, and that's under podcasts. There's a drop down for archives. If you like what you hear today and you haven't yet subscribed via iTunes, please head over and do that. And so today I'm speaking with Chris Gillibo, creator of the World Domination Summit, author of The $100 Startup, The Art of Nonconformity, and The Happiness Pursuit. He's traveled to 193 countries using travel hacking. I'm super excited to bring him on to speak about his new book, Born for This, and to talk about how joy has played a part in his journey, plus get his input on my favorite questions about how to bring your dream into action and ways to jumpstart your own joy. And so now, on to the interview with Chris. Welcome to the show, Chris. Thanks so much, Paula. Yeah, so glad to have you here. Um, well, let's just kick it off with the first question I usually ask everybody, which is, what were your early sparks of joy growing up? Yes, that's a wonderful question to begin thinking about. And I guess for me, I, w- I was kind of dividing it into two different categories. I was thinking of maybe some like internal sparks of joy and some external sparks of joy. Um, I had my own inner world as a child, like every you know kid does. And I was really into reading um, I liked video games. I liked, you know, hanging out with my brother and doing fun stuff. I also liked kind of going off on my own and making discoveries. Um, so I lived in a lot of different places as a kid. I lived in the Philippines for a few years. I remember riding my bike and just kind of going off into different directions. And I don't know, finding like a field or finding like an abandoned lot or something I, somewhere I probably shouldn't have been. Yeah. I just I love the process of exploration and discovery. It's kind of funny because I can look back now at like all the other travel that I've done and I can see kind of a theme of that going throughout. So the idea of like finding something and maybe extracting some meaning from it somehow has always been with me. That's, that's really cool. Yeah, I moved a lot as a child as well. I don't know. There's always that like, ooh, what's around the corner and what more can I explore in the city or this place? I don't know if that's what maybe draws you through in all of your travels as well. Yeah, I don't know if it was like intentional like that all the time. It was something I was kind of drawn to over time. Then I kind of realized, oh, here is the value. Like in the beginning, you don't necessarily know why you're attracted to something. You just kind of do it because you like it. Yeah. And it feels familiar, maybe, Mm -hmm. even though that seems sounds strange, perhaps that that much change in your life Mm -hmm. felt familiar. (laughs) It it makes it it makes perfect sense. It's actually the the foreign is familiar, right? There's a little bit of both the foreign and the familiar. And therefore, you like that mashup. Yeah, totally. Let's talk about your new book, Born for This. How did the topic take shape for you? 
The theme of this book is how to find the work you were meant to do. And we kind of settled on that concept of, of born for this as there's more than one path you can follow in life. Of course, you can be happy doing lots of different things. But I think if you look at really successful people, a lot of them does seem pretty clear they are doing something that they were born to do. They have this aptitude. They take a lot of joy in their work, of course. But then it's also something that's sustainable. It's also something that they're really good at. So I'm fortunate to have this wonderful community of people all over the world, quite a diverse community of people doing lots of different things. I've met a lot of people over the years who talk about how they have their dream job. Uh, maybe they found that dream job, maybe they created it, uh, maybe they're working for themselves and they made it, or maybe they're working in an organization or company, uh, but they often use this similar language of having won the career lottery. And they say like, oh, I feel like, you know, I have the greatest job in the world and I would do it for free if I had to, but I don't have to, you know, which is great. And so I guess I, I wanted to understand, you know, what do these people have in common, first of all, and what was the process, you know, that led them to that? Was it this linear process? Were they like always on track? You know, were they destined for that? Or was it a, a little bit more of a, a winding road? I'm not an anthropologist. I'm not a journalist. I'm not just trying to, to document a process. I'm trying to create something that's prescriptive and mm -hmm. helpful for people. So really the goal is to help readers use these case studies to find the work that they were meant to do, or at least to apply this to improve their work in some way. So it was a, it was a really fun process. It was actually a, a relatively easy book to write. That's amazing. Yeah. And I love the balance of here's a real life story, but here's also how it could apply to your own path. Like, I think that's so helpful because like you're saying, like anthropologists might get one angle, but then it seems theoretical and lofty, but right. <laughs> this is applicable. And that's really neat. That's the goal. Um, well, and I loved what you said, too, about that there is that narrow group of people that seem to be born literally knowing what they want to do, but that there's this other group, probably more of us, that yep. don't really know what that right, is. Right, right. And so I'm interested more in the other group. You know, right. I'm interested yeah. more in, like, the, the vast majority of people who are kind of like, well, what should I do? Like, I've got all these things that I like, and yeah. maybe I have this certain aptitude for something, but... Also, you know, we have to make these choices at, at a relatively young age in terms of what we're going to study and what our first job is going to be and what that leads to. And then what if we want to change later? And so I think there's a much, much bigger group of people that are kind of living in this zone of uncertainty. And we have a little bit of awareness, but we kind of gain more awareness, you know, as we mature. And so then if we gain different awareness, how do we make changes? So that's, that's the group I'm interested in. That's awesome. Yeah. And I'm definitely within that group as well, having... Yay, just gone solo myself. So, <laughs> yeah, well, congratulations. As you're saying, though, in your book, like it becomes really apparent what you love and then narrowing it down as to what can you what resonates with other mm. people yeah. and what could you actually make money doing. Right, so. exactly. Could you share how the journey has looked either for you or for one of the people you met when you were writing the book? Sure. Yeah, we could do a couple of things like that. Um, I don't know if you know Laura Sims. She, I do. Yeah, she's yeah. another coach. Um, she's a good friend of mine. She does career coaching. She has an interesting story that she had a dream and her dream was to be an actor and she pursued that dream and there was lots of trial and error there as there always is in a creative career like that. But she ended up actually being successful and she did a very prestigious uh, training program at, uh, I believe it was University of Southern California and then was a working actor appearing on lots of different shows. And then she wanted to make a change. She taught uh, an acting workshop for a while, and she really enjoyed the teaching. She didn't like the whole scene of acting, and so she kind of regrouped and thought, okay, what's next? But then she went through a journey of maybe I want to be a designer. And so she did some design training and, and thought, well, that's a little bit interesting, but that's really not what I was born to do. And so then she kind of you know, got led into the coaching thing. And then the first coaching that she tried 
you know, she liked parts of it, um, but it wasn't the perfect fit. And, you know, eventually she kind of came into this career coaching niche. Um, and now she talks about how, you know, she finishes with a client and you, you probably relate to this too. She finishes with a client and talks about how like, you know, her face kind of lights up and she feels <laughs> like they're making progress. And yeah. she was a little bit of a part of making that progress, which is great. So not a linear path at all because she kept trying different things, because she was willing to kind of go back to the drawing board and regroup, it led her to a place she ended up being much happier. And I've followed her. uh, I know she just recently relaunched with, I think it's your career homecoming. And like, that's a really beautiful space. I know it really resonates because you can tell she went back and really incorporated a lot of the the trials and Mm -hmm. tribulations and (laughs) all all the things that she learned and put it into a really neat, new and totally unique package. Like there's nobody else doing it that way right now. It's really neat. I love it. And so also just a quick point, like the things that you do in an earlier life, earlier age or whatever, like those things are still relevant later. You know, now she has a a different focus, but I think she's still using her acting training in different ways. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, everything is a waste or something. I do think everything kind of works together towards something eventually. Yeah, totally agree. I know the book also focuses on the crossroads of joy, money, and flow. Mm-hmm. What does that look like, or what's that magical intersection? Yes, wonderful question. Um, so I do believe it's important to focus um, at a certain point, and joy is is like number one. I don't want to do work that doesn't bring me joy. I want my work, and I want everyone's work to be successful, to to be sustainable. For them, and so if you have something that you love to do, but it doesn't really pay the bills, that's it's more of a hobby, you know, and that's mm-hmm. fine. You can have a hobby, but that's not necessarily the work that you were born to do. And some people, you know, for a time in our lives, we might work a job that pays well, but we don't really enjoy, and so we make that compromise. And I don't think that's a terrible thing to do for a time, but it's not really the goal, you know. It's not really like what we want to do. And then flow is this last thing of, of something that we do really well, something that it makes intuitive, perfect sense to us. You know, but for other people, maybe they struggle. Maybe we can complete that work much quicker or better than other people. So the whole goal is basically to find something that is this convergence point uh, between joy, money and flow. And regardless of where you are in your work, whether you're transitioning, whether you're, you're happy in your career, whether you're going to school, something totally different. I think you can begin to make decisions to align what you're doing with this convergence point, even if you're not right in the center. If you continually ask yourself, like when I have to make a decision about my career, I say yes to this. Does it get me closer to joy, money, and flow? If yes, great. If no, maybe I should keep looking. Yeah, I love that as a compass, a great thing to kind of internalize and take with you as you're, if you're feeling torn and like something's off, maybe looking at those three and say, okay, which one is it? That's just not working here. Right, right. Yeah. And the interesting thing about flow, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit, but I find that my own clients sometimes don't either trust that what is easy for them is unique to them or what's that sweet spot? Because there's something in there where you don't, unless you've looked at it a little bit, you don't really know that what you've got is different and that it's easy for you, but not easy for everybody else. Yeah, no, that's great. I think that's a great way to to highlight it. it. It's easy for you. It's not easy for everyone else. It's something that you kind of lose yourself in. Yeah. You kind of can do it for a long time and you look up and you realize like, oh, all this time went by, but but <laughs> yeah. I've really been enjoying it, right? It just seems kind of natural to you. And it may be a small thing. It may not be like a huge thing, but it's something that you enjoy. Or maybe it's a type of work, you know, and that's the other thing that, that we saw in all the research for the book is that um, people often focus on careers like you're going to be a writer, I'm going to be a coach, an engineer, a teacher or something. But if you just look at those things, there's many different ways to be a writer, an engineer, a coach, a teacher. And so that's all about working conditions. And so flow has a lot to do with that. Like, how do you do your best work, whatever kind of work it is? 
you know, do you do your best work on your own? Do you do it, you know, better with small groups? Do you need the kind of environment that's very stimulating? Do you need the kind of environment that where you're very withdrawn? You don't want the phone to ring. Like understanding all of this stuff actually will help you increase your, your flow quotient, basically, if you will, and get you closer to those compass points you mentioned. Yeah, I love that. And I know I just took on your site the the quiz uh-huh. for, for Born for this. I think I'm a creative independent, oh, which great. just totally resonated. Oh, I was good. like, yes, you're right. I totally am. Good, so, good. I'll link up to that in the good, show notes. Thanks. Interesting. And I, I find that the Myers-Briggs, that, that one resonates with me. I mm. don't know if other people love yeah. that as much as I do. But obviously, this podcast focuses on joy as a choice. What does joy mean to you? Yeah, I love joy. I love to focus on joy because it's more than happiness. It's mm-hmm. something... It's like joy has has meaning and purpose of itself, which is not to say that happiness doesn't. But joy is like maybe a combination of like these short term moments of joy when we like walk outside and the sun is shining or we go and exercise or we have a smoothie or ice cream or whatever it is that we like. Like there's there's joy there. But I think there's also joy in, in kind of working towards something and seeing it come to fruition and. And, you know, whatever success means to you, like finding that success or at least points of, uh, points of success along the way, um, that's kind of what joy means means to me. Awesome. Yeah, I agree. And, and I, I do love what you just said about it's, it kind of it can ebb and flow, right? Like mm-hmm. there's highlights in the day that are extremely joyful, but sometimes it also what then get, dips into contentment or whatever. Mm, sure, <laughs> sure. It's not always a high level of right. sustainability on the uh, super joyful side. <laughs> doesn't have to be. Right. In this new book and in blog posts, you mentioned the idea of luck having a role in one's journey. Is it possible for somebody to entice luck their way? Yeah, I talk about luck because I don't think it's it's completely fair to discount, you know, the role of, of circumstance or, or the role of privilege. You know, a lot of us have, have opportunities that not everybody else has, and that there's no good reason for that. That's just a matter of birth or luck or circumstance, as I said. You know, it's, it's also true that all of us make choices, and all of us have all kinds of turning points in our lives, uh, regardless of where we started. You know, enticing luck. I mean, that's an interesting concept. Mm-hmm. I, there's this there's this quote about, you know, to have more luck, you take more chances, basically. Yeah. You know, to have more luck, you take more risk. And I think I would modify it a little bit and say, well, to have more luck, you take better risks, you know, mm-hmm. and you, you think about, OK, what really is risky in my life uh, versus what is safe and wh- where does my security come from? And maybe my security actually comes through making changes. And um, being responsible for my own well-being instead of entrusting it you know, to someone else or to a company. I, I certainly think that as we look at our lives and career and, and try to make active decisions, then we're probably going to be luckier as a result. Yeah. And there's that edge, kind of playing the edge and being a little bit courageous maybe in some of the choices that if you don't accept an invitation, you're not in the room with that group of people on one evening. Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't make the connection, right? Like, So maybe right. that's kind of the, you're putting yourself in a lucky spot, if you will. You also acknowledge that some people are paralyzed with indecision. Mm -hmm. Um, Even in the original manifesto, Mm -hmm. you acknowledge that some people are not really ready to even hear that there's more and that, Mm -hmm. you know, you could go on for, to be a world changer. What do you think it is? What is that spark that hits some people and maybe not others? And how does that draw them to, to do what they're born to do? I mean, it's a, it's a tricky, complicated thing because, you know, I want to be careful and not, not judge anyone, you know, right. like it's like, oh, you're not ready to be a world changer, you know, um, <laughs> even though I probably said that at some point, you know, but I guess, I guess like I can think about times in my life when I've been paralyzed with indecision and, you know, 
haven't been able to like make their courageous choice or whatever. And so I guess the question is like, why, why then was I able to like finally do it? I mean, there, maybe there's two ways to look at it. You could look at it positively and say like, oh, well, I, I kind of looked at what was on the other side and I was like, that's worth it. You know, that's like, I have to do that because the opportunity that is available would be so amazing if I only said yes. Or you could even look at it in, in maybe the opposite perspective and say like, you know, the, the pain of not changing you know, finally became greater than the pain of making a change, essentially, yeah. right? And and that's okay, too. I mean, sometimes that happens. You're like, okay, now I am ready to take that risk. I am ready to get over this paralysis, even if I'm not certain what's on the other side. It's got to be better than this. And so I think sometimes people come to either of those points, and that might, you know, help them go to the next level or push them through the change. I mean, it feels like the book then also kind of drops in when, when that person is ready or looking maybe mm. for the nudge yeah. <laughs> or it helps us out. Like, it, what is this thing and how do I get there? I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about that, but like, it feels like it really is that sweet spot of, I know this isn't quite what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. It feels like there's more. Um, and this is kind of a, uh, a guide, a navigation tool to get mm-hmm. you there. <laughs> well, so I have good news for all the listeners. I think yeah. the good news is that anybody who's listening you know, nobody is going to listen to a podcast about joy, you know, and making changes in our lives or consider like reading a book about how to find the work we were meant to do unless they're already in that place where right. they're yeah. kind of like, yeah, I want something more. I'm, I'm ready to do something, you know, which is great. So, yeah. I mean, and that's always been my audience, too. Like I used to joke on my very first book tour. I was like, you know, I'm, I'm writing for the dissatisfied. You know, I'm writing for the discontented. <laughs> yeah. And again, not in a negative way, but I'm writing for people who are like, I, I don't want to have the, this do things the same way that other people always have or the way that the previous generation did. Or, you know, I am trying to kind of forge my own path. So good news is if you're already kind of in this place, right? Yeah. Now it's just a question of, as you said, getting the tools, the resources, you know, being equipped to go forth and do what's already kind of in your mind that you're heading down that path. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, I love that. Because it is true. I mean, if you're already leaning that direction, I think, mm-hmm. then finding either people that support you or a book that supports you, friend, a coach, whatever, like, I think that's where the movement starts mm-hmm. internally. And I think it's a really interesting and exciting space to be in when you finally have realized, okay, I know there's more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what is it? Right, right. What do you think you were born to do? I think, um, I mean, when it when it all comes down to it, I, I'm hopeful that what I was born to do is helping people live unconventional lives in some fashion. And whether that's through their, their work or career as we're focusing on now, whether that's through expanding their opportunities to travel and have cross-cultural experiences, you know, I, I try to be careful about inspirational language, but whether if it helps them to dream bigger or something, or maybe not just to dream bigger, but maybe to put some practicality on those dreams and make steps toward them. Like I think if I could be able to say at some point that I've done a decent job at that, then I'd be very happy. That's wonderful. Yeah. And how has your journey since the publication of A Brief Guide to World Domination changed you as a person? I mean, that was a long time ago. I mean, that was <laughs> yeah. like seven, seven or eight years ago. I mean, it was. it's been a wonderful, wonderful journey. I mean, I, yeah. I've, I've learned so much and I, I feel so fortunate. As I said, um, if anything, um, you know, I, I feel like I'm not learning as much now. I'm not growing as much as I was during those days. And so that kind of bothers me. I'm trying to kind of get back in a space where, you know, I do feel like I'm doing something that's that's fresh and and unique, maybe not like 100 percent unique, but like there definitely is something that's that's different about it. I feel like in those days, maybe those early days, I was I was kind of writing aggressively and provocatively. And at a certain point, 
I guess I thought I needed to mature or something. And maybe I mature, I don't want to say I matured too much, but I do feel like at a certain point I started valuing consensus, um, maybe more than I should have. And so over the past two years, I've been thinking, okay, like, you know, how really am I trying to impact someone's life? And if I really am going to do that, then hopefully I'm putting forward something that is, is something that not everybody has heard before. They haven't heard it in this way. And therefore, it's going to be uncomfortable to some people. And so I need to kind of come to come to terms or come to peace with that. Yeah. It's a kind of a long, convoluted answer. No, that's interesting. I mean, because I, th- I think as big ideas, um, I mean, the world domination piece, as that becomes more accepted maybe, then, yeah, doesn't the edge that you might play in change a little bit? Right, right. Yeah, that is interesting, too. So you're also headed out on a book tour. Mm -hmm. And where, well, I mean, we'll link up, but you want to talk about the tour? I know I think I I get to see you May 18th in San Francisco. Great. So come Uh, out and see us both. (laughs) Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be awesome. Um, Yes, uh, so I'm doing a 30 cities tour. It okay. actually starts today, I believe. But if you're listening to this later, it's, it's 30 cities, so it goes on for a while. You can go to bornforthisbook.com and see the whole calendar and, and sign up. So we'd love to see some people out on the road. Yes, it will be very exciting. And there's a whole street team. So I know there's a lot of people that are excited mm-hmm. to, to help um, kind of rally around the book, too. So anything else you'd like to bring up? And then I'll get into my last two questions. Um, no, this has been great. That's a wonderful conversation. Sir. So if somebody has like a big idea that they want to work on and bring to life, what would your advice be on how to bring their dream into action? Uh, I'm a big fan of making things tangible as much as possible. I'm a big fan of being able to say, okay, what does this dream specifically look like? Again, what will success, you know, how will that be defined? Um, how will I know when I have achieved this dream? And I think if you have a good answer to that, then a lot of things get much easier and then from there, it's a, it's a matter of like, what do I need to do next? You know, if I want to have this dream, you know, come to fruition one year from today or five years or one month, whatever the timing is, you know, what is everything that needs to happen in order for that to, to take place? And as, as soon as you can make any amount of progress, the better. I, I like making that dream active. Like I don't I don't have dream boards or anything, but if that helps you, you might as well like write it down, like put it on your mirror, uh, get a tattoo. I don't know, whatever you need to do to like, yeah. if this is your big dream, you should absolutely be focused on that point of making it into reality. Awesome. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And uh, the last question, what are three ways that you can think of to jumpstart joy in your life, mm. in the world, or in other people's lives? Mm. First way is always ask questions. Always ask why. Ask why of yourself. Like, why am I doing this? Um, I just said I don't have a dream board, but for a long time I had a, a screensaver on my laptop that opened up with this question and it said, why do you do this every day? And it was like, okay, well, why am I doing this? Make sure I have some kind of goal in mind. The second thing is I would focus on the question of what are you doing for others? And what is like, how does your dream connect to service? Um, Not just because service is good, but because I think service brings meaning to your life as well. Mm -hmm. I think all of our lives are connected. Those are the two things. I got two really big things. (laughs) Those are both um, great. Yeah. yeah, let's go with two. How about that? That's perfect. I, <laughs> Those are two I love big it. things. So somebody <laughs> else can you. give you like five small things, but there's yeah. big ones. Yeah. Thank you so much. Uh, it's been a real honor to be able to speak to you, and congratulations on this on this great new book. Thank you for being on the show. Amazing. Thank you so much, Paul, and thanks to everyone yeah. for listening. Thank you guys so much for listening, and thank you, Chris, for being on the show. If you want to get your hands on a copy of Born for This, just head over to the site 
jumpstartyourjoy.com slash born for this. And I will have links to Chris's sites and the book itself. If you like the info in this episode, you'll want to check out what I'm calling the, the Joyful Biz Starter Series, which you can access on the site under the podcast tab. And for a quick sampling, if you check out episode 28, that's Diane Polly, and she talks about how to find your perfect client. Episode 29 is Emily Wapnick, and she talks about being a renaissance soul in today's world. Episode 30 is Jordana Jaffe, a Facebook group strategist. All these people are entrepreneurs and they have great, great information. If you're looking to follow your dreams, I am accepting new clients for life coaching. I have worked with many clients who are trying to figure out why they feel bored or burnt out in their careers and they want to reevaluate what's going on in their lives. So just head over to the site, (laughs) jumpstartyourjoy.com and you'll find a There's a free one-on-one consultation. If you want to learn more, just talk about what coaching is. I would love to work with you. For episode 32, I have an interview with Mary McCarthy. She is the owner of Glorious Hugs, which is a small business out of Minnesota that sends gifts to seniors and other people. I love what she has to say about connection and her involvement with with the community. And she is really just a heart-centered person that I know you're gonna fall in love with too. And exciting news about episode 33. It's going to be a live solo cast. If you'd like to join me on April 15th, I will be doing a presentation that wraps up some of the learnings that I've had from the last few guests in a live class that I am calling When Joy Meets Purpose. So if that sounds like it's interesting and you want to join in the live class, you can sign up on the homepage of jumpstartyourjoy.com. There's a large banner basically that says when joy meets purpose. If you click on that, you'll be taken to the RSVP page. So, so many great things coming up. I can't wait to see you guys. And until then, may your days be filled with so much joy.